Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thank you for joining us on Community Focus this Christmas morning. I hope you're having a wonderful day. This is where we talk about the issues that matter in South Florida and the people and organizations that are making a difference. Of course, Money and finances are always on our mind. The economy has been kind of up and down lately. And the new year with just a week away is always the time of year when people feel like they can make a fresh start and have some kind of resolution list. One of the things that always turns up in a list of top resolutions every year is money goals, whether it's saving more and spending less or doing things that cost money, like exercising or losing weight or traveling, spending more time with the family that can have their own inherent expenses. So to help guide us on our financial path for the new year and set some realistic goals that we can achieve, I'm very happy to welcome Dustin Jacobs, Vice President of Marketing for Bright Star Credit Union. This is a nonprofit credit union that is member-owned. Dustin, good morning. Thank you for being with us. Good morning. Thank you for having us uh, on this wonderful day. Yeah, it is. And we got a little bit of cooler weather, so it really feels like a holiday. (laughs) Um, But, you know, something that I know I've always wondered about, and maybe you can answer this for us, credit unions often have higher interest rates on savings accounts, lower interest rates on loans. And I've wondered, how do you do it? And how is a credit union nonprofit? Can you explain that before we get into the resolutions? So. Credit unions are not-for-profit financial cooperatives, and what that means is every member is an owner. We are not here to make a profit for the shareholders at the top of the organization or anything like that. What we do is invest the money that's made back into our membership. So that's how we can offer lower interest rates on loans, credit cards, and higher interest rates on debit cards. You know, we're based on the feeling of giving back. That's what we want to do with our credit union members. And that's the whole philosophy behind it. It was a movement when people saw that they could pull together and pool their money and make money and make better financial decisions that way. And so it just kind of evolved into this movement. And that's what we do. At one point, I know there was a teacher's credit union. You had to be a teacher to join. There was a time you had to be an airline pilot or work for an airline to join that credit union. Has that changed where anybody can now join a credit union? It has. It has. And just like us at Bright Star, we're a community-based credit union. And that means that anyone who lives, work, attends school in the community could also become a member. There's also not a fee associated with joining credit unions, which a lot of people assume. But there are many credit unions in our area that are open to community. There are still some that are only open for certain SAGs, which we it's a, a segment. Um, so if, if you're a, a part of an organization, but there are many that have made the movement to be a community-based credit union, which opens it up to everyone, which, you know, it's great because it benefits 
the whole community. And like I said, that's the goal of the credit union movement. Yeah. So that makes me wonder why anyone would not use a credit union when you have all the benefits. And for anyone who's interested in looking at everything that Brightstar offers and how they do give back to the community, the website is bscu.org. Obviously, Brightstar Credit Union, very easy to remember. So mm-hmm. let me ask you, if this matches what you've found at Bright Star. I did a little search for the top five financial resolutions that people are making for 2023. And the ones that came up are increasing savings, paying off credit card debt, building an emergency fund, traveling or taking a vacation, and down at the bottom, saving for retirement, which I think <laughs> is one of those things that finds its place higher and closer to number one, the older you get when it's more reasonable in your future. But does that sound like what you have from your members at Brightstar? That's definitely something that, that people are always kind of gearing toward. And and I think now, you know, it's just really important because we all know about the rising interest rates and, and so forth. So I think when you make that uh, goal, it's important to pay it down. And, you know, when you're talking about credit cards, because your interest rate's going to go up, so your payment's going to go up. So if you pay that down, you're going to be able to save more. But yeah, it always amazes me that people are lastly focused on retirement. But I agree when you move up (laughs) in age, that comes a priority. (laughs) Yeah. And I also understand the concept of using credit cards thinking, I'll always have a salary, I'll always be able to pay them off. Nobody thinks that they're going to be the one who loses a job or finds themselves without income. And nobody expects we would have something like a pandemic where companies were shut down for two years. And many people are still trying to get back on their feet from that. So we have a lot of people who are still unemployed or underemployed and companies with owners who are no longer in business and suffering financially. So mm-hmm. let, let's start with just setting some financial goals, starting with increasing your savings. That's what came up as number one. What are some ways that people can take what they have from their paycheck and save some of that money when you have other obligations like mortgage or a rent and utilities and health care and, uh, you know, feeding and clothing your family? <laughs> yeah, it seems like the expenses really never stop, right? Yeah. Um, so, so I think, you know, some of the key things that you look at are looking at your monthly expenses, looking where your money is going. So many people don't have an idea of exactly where their money is going. So I think, you know, the beginning of the year is always a great time to start this where you just look at your budget, look where your money is going. Also, there are apps out there that will monitor. You may have things set up on auto pay that you're not even aware of. You know, how many of us have streaming services that we're paying for that we probably haven't used or, you know, forgot we had for the past four or five, six months, you know, look at your expenses. And I think that that's important to do. And a lot of financial institutions, including us, but a lot of them have a tool inside of online banking. Ours is called Money Desktop. It's an account aggregator. So it will literally let you input your different accounts and it will tell you where your money is going. It breaks out a budget. And so you may see, oh, wow, you know, the past two months I've spent $1,000 out to eat. Well, maybe you go shopping and make more meals at home. You know, I I think a lot of times it's really as simple as 
looking at where your money is actually going. Right. I remember hearing the phrase once, leaking money. And I realized how much money we can leak with, you know, a dollar here for a donut, five dollars for a coffee, a couple of dollars for a soda from a vending machine when you can buy a 12 pack and bring one with you to work and that costs you 50 cents instead. And we don't think, you know, we just ah, it's a couple of bucks, so no big deal. But it certainly does add up. So for someone who is working on a budget, or rather for someone who is afraid <laughs> to yeah. look at those numbers, what can you tell them that will help them to face the fear of getting the real numbers down and seeing where they really are? It definitely can be scary. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're right. You know, all of those little expenses that they think or that we think are not really a big deal. Well, add it all up and it is, you know, and so I think your, your, your best bet is to really know, face the fear, because in the end, you're going to be able to save more for what you want, the long term goal. You know, if you're wanting to build your savings up or get that emergency fund there, the benefit of doing it is better than not. That's what I would say. <laughs> and what is the general recommendation for how much we should have in an emergency fund? Oh, it varies quite a bit, but you would at least want to have six months of your expenses to carry you. But, you know, you, you look around and there's different, different goals for different people, you know, and um, I would always recommend having at least six months to cover your overall fixed expenses. Okay. So how do we build that? We're back again where we started. So is just, you know, looking at the budget, looking at your dollars and then finding the places where you can cut back the best way to build your money? Or are there investments we should make or getting a savings account that has a higher interest rate? Absolutely. There's there's many products out there right now. If you look, CD rates are very high. So take some of that money and make money on your money. If you're not using it right now, you can earn interest on that deposit. You know, a lot of people when they're starting, though, don't have the money to put into that account. I know at Bright Star, it's only $500 to open a CD. You know, you only have to put $500 in. So it's not a large amount, but if you're just starting, you may not have it. But once you start to accumulate that, absolutely put it into a CD or, you know, any other interest bearing account that doesn't, you know, it's not holding your money up for a very long time. Okay. Now let's talk about, as you were saying, interest rates have gone up. Can you explain how the Federal Reserve decides when they're going to raise interest rates and why? There's really a whole system behind it. And basically right now what we're seeing is trying to curb inflation and, and product demand. So that's what they're, they're working on now. And it basically is to kind of equal things out because everything was, you know, kind of getting out of balance when you're talking about real estate and sales and the demand for pricing for automobiles and, and, and so forth coming out of COVID, you know, everything was really just price-wise increasing. And so they're trying to kind of even that out. And so that kind of determines that if you look, you know, if you, you do your research online as well, you'll, you'll find a lot of information what goes into it. But it's all about calculations and growth goal strategy that they're, they're doing this. Okay. And maybe this is my own naivete, but it seems to me that it's counterintuitive 
that when you raise interest rates, the price of everything goes up because now everyone's paying more on their interest. And it's harder for people to get a mortgage, which was already difficult. I mean, we have a housing crisis in South Florida because homes are so unaffordable right now. And by raising the interest rates, it's even harder to be able to afford a mortgage. You know, we went a number of years with almost zero percent for the federal rate. And all of a sudden it's gone up and up and up. So practically, is it the same as the theory? It is somewhat. So if you think of real estate, you can see that the real estate prices were extremely high. So people were saying that they were getting too high for the market. So basically, by the increasing in the the mortgage loans, it's curbed sales and rates. You know, you were seeing homes that were selling in 24, 48 hours. And now they're sitting because if you increase the rate on that loan, the property sale is not happening as quickly. And that's kind of what was happening because the prices were continually going up. Right. And so it kind of leveled it out to where we're going to see price adjustments. We're going to see market adjustments because you can't afford to buy the same home that you could at 2% interest at 6% interest. And it's slowing down the increase of those values. I guess in some ways it forces people to live more within their means. Uh, I remember the bubble back in 2008 when everyone was buying these way overpriced houses and then everything popped and people found they couldn't pay their mortgages because they were living in a house that was just plain too expensive for them. Mm -hmm. So now is property still a good investment to have as equity? Yes, it is always a good investment to have as equity. We're in a great market here because the demand is typically pretty high in South Florida for real estate always. But it's always good to invest in your own property that could have equity. So, you know, one of the things that I know a lot of people will do when they have a home, especially if you've built up some equity in it, you've been living in it for a while and paying off your mortgage, is if they get in a bind, say with credit cards, or they have something that's an emergency or something they've wanted to do, you know, whether it's getting new teeth or going on an extravagant vacation, is they'll take a home equity loan. Now, mm-hmm. Brightstar, of course, you have many kinds of loans. Is that a wise thing to do, to take a home equity loan against, say, paying off credit card debt? It absolutely is because of the difference in your rate. So a lot of people will take a home equity loan or a home equity line of credit, and they'll do kind of what we call debt consolidation. So if you have, you know, $30,000 on a credit card that you're carrying your balance on, and that credit card interest rate is very, very high, your payment's going to be high. A lot of people will then take the equity they have in their real estate alone against that, and it comes at a lower interest rate, and it gives them the opportunity to pay it off in a quicker manner. Is there a caveat that it's really recommended to then stop using the credit cards? (laughs) (laughs) Because there's that risk that you take the loan and then you keep using the credit cards in addition to having moved all the old debt to the home equity loan or line of credit. Absolutely. And that is the goal. You know, whenever you're you're in a budget mode and you're trying to save, it's always important if you're doing something like that. And it's the same with a balance transfer on a credit card. You know, you can transfer your balance to another credit card 
but you should really be trying to pay off that lower interest rate and not continually adding balances on your other card. You know, it's it's very easy for that to get out of hand. So it takes a little self-discipline, I guess, <laughs> you know, Yeah. but you want to make sure that you're not continually building up that debt if you're in that mode of consolidation to try to pay it off. Okay. And I understand that at Bright Star Credit Union, you have a benefit for members that helps them with, you know, how to deal with budgeting and working out their credit card debt. And of course, building an emergency fund, it all goes together. Absolutely, we do. So we actually have on staff certified financial counselors that will help our members whenever they have questions and it helps them to uh, build their budget out. It helps them to evaluate kind of what they may need to get their credit in shape. You know, it's very detailed, but they will work with our members for that. And we also have a program that we call Balance Financial Fitness that is a free service for everyone. And so is our counselors. It's a free service for all of our members, and it will help them look at all of the things that we've been talking about. Okay. And again, face the fear <laughs> because yes. until we could have this conversation a year from now and someone who starts taking action now will find that a year from now, they're in a much different situation and they'll feel good about filling out those numbers and going, oh, wow, I've gotten rid of this much debt. I've added this much savings. I've been able to go on this vacation. And once you, I guess, start getting in the habit of really, man, it's money management. And it's something we don't learn in grade school. They don't teach us how really to manage our money. So that's another thing. Are there tips that you can provide for parents to teach their children about the importance of money management, money saving, and how not to go crazy when they get to go to the mall and finally get their own debit card? Absolutely. You know, even if you go visit our webpage, we have a whole thing on there for parents and students. But it's it's very important, I think, to start at an early age, just showing your children what's happening with money. You know, not everything, but having that little allowance that they get to save on their own. You know, we at Brightstar think that it's important enough that we provide, you know, access to online banking and debit cards in our youth accounts. So, they can see, okay, well, I got $20 for my birthday or $50 for my birthday, but I have my own debit card. And when you use that card, it takes that money. You know, it's interesting because we've done many presentations for students and and so so forth. And I, I remember one time specifically, I was speaking to a bunch of high school students and a lot of them didn't understand the difference between a debit and a credit card. The, mm. the debit card was spending their money and the credit card is borrowed money. And so that's so important. So I think the earlier you start explaining these things to your children, the better off it will be. And we do a lot of different programs for youth in our community. You know, we have a CU at school program where we're teaching financial literacy in our schools, you know, in Broward County. So I think that it's just very important to start early. And we saw that as an organization. And like I said, that's why we've provided those accounts and the access levels that we did, because a lot of institutions will have minor or youth accounts, but they don't allow them to have a debit card or access to their online banking. So you can't see it. So the more you expose them to that, the better off. And, you know, when you talk about you've got the classes 
on financial literacy. You have a slew of seminars on just about every subject you can think of, you know, just looking at your schedule, prioritizing health to boost your career, long-term care. That's a big expense that a lot of people don't think about. And anyone who is in one of these sandwich generations with parents who are aging, children who they're raising, and people living longer are having more experiences with Alzheimer's disease, for example, and one person can't necessarily take care of it. So long-term care insurance can become important. Uh, The best way to buy a car, should you buy a new car? Should you buy an old car? How do you get a good interest rate? And this is a phenomenal schedule of seminars. Can you tell us more about how you do those and can anyone be a part of them? Absolutely. We always know that, you know, the more we can help educate, and this is kind of goes back to what we were talking about, the credit union philosophy. We provide these seminars free to anyone. So it's not even just our membership. You know, we allow anyone to attend and they're great. We we go through when we're scheduling and we look at what could really benefit people in this current climate. You know, one of the things that we saw with our health and kind of financial wellness seminar that we did was people were looking for jobs. People are looking for jobs. People are working jobs and it's important to take care of your health. And so we put that on to help people with that. We bring in partners, you know, uh, subject matter experts, depending on what it is. When we look at our car buying, we show the difference of, you know, purchasing new versus used and your rate, the difference the rate makes in your payments and to not always look at payment, but look at your rate because your payment could be low, but your loan term is extremely long with a higher rate. Listen, (laughs) I remember when four-year loans were the standard and it's become five or six-year loans now for cars. And yeah, that just keeps adding up with the money that isn't going toward your car. It's going to the company that sold you the car. Now, are you better off I don't know if if this is a fair question. Um, There are people who will take a car loan or a personal loan from a bank or a credit union and use that to pay off a car flat out rather than doing the interest with the car dealership. What's your thought on that? So we provide auto loans every day. You know, that's that's one of our main things. And I always say you look at what's best for you as the consumer, you know, Typically, the credit union has lower fees. You know, it has lower interest rates like we were discussing. We actually provide a service that's called auto advisors, and they will go out, find a car for you, negotiate the deal. And a lot of times there are hidden fees in loans associated with dealerships. And so those fees are attached to that loan. If you're paying off that car outright with a loan from another institution, you could likely avoid those. So actually having someone who will negotiate the deal for you, that's a godsend for someone like me. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've sat for hours in a car dealership and watched them try and make me believe that their numbers add up when I know they don't. And <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, that's a really great service. And that's not the only service that you do. As a community-based credit union, you also give back not only in terms of the higher interest rates for savings, lower interest rates for loans and all kinds of different services, but you give back to the community as well. Can you talk about your community service? Absolutely. So we are always kind of focused on ways that we can help and benefit our community. One of our big partnerships is with the Broward Education Foundation, 
which is an organization that provides scholarships to students. It provides innovative teaching grants for teachers or educators that are, you know, doing innovative things in our districts and with our children. The other thing they do is provide school supplies. You know, every year they provide school supplies for children that are in need. A lot of times you would see teachers buying out of their own pocket supplies for their children. And so there's a need for that. So that's a huge part of who we are and what we do. Education is, like we said, we were founded by educators in 1946, so it remains a big part of our our core. But not only in the school level, but the college level, we support different organizations with that. And you you can never go wrong with animals. <laughs> so we're yeah. we're always we're always involved in you know the walk for pets and different things. We've done adoption events at our locations. So you know it's just who we are to give back and provide in the in the community. Well, we're going to have to start tagging you on our pets of the week and our furry friends of the week because we have our own partnership with the Humane Society of Broward County. And somebody goes over there every week and takes a picture and, you know, we're posting it. And they're so, I want to adopt them all. <laughs> I know. That's the problem, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> when you go. But yeah, that. Absolutely tag us in that. We we would love that. I mean, even last year, we were putting our pets up for adoption on our withdrawal envelopes oh, in the branches. that's so great. That's great. I <laughs> so. love that you do that. Okay. And when people become members of Bright Star, can they get involved with you, with you, the work that you do in the community? Can they participate? We absolutely encourage our members to participate. And especially when we do like an adoption event or the walks, you know, that we participate in, we absolutely do. Okay. Is there anything else that you think people need to know that we haven't covered (laughs) in terms of it's a new year, we're starting fresh, and let's get our money in order? I do think that we should uh, discuss looking at what you're finding. I know we kind of talked about maybe you don't know what you're spending or, you know, budgeting, but it's looking at your fixed expenses and negotiating that, you know, looking at your insurance, your auto insurance, making sure that you look at it and just don't set it and forget it because there's often opportunity for you to save on your premiums by reevaluating that. So it's really kind of reevaluating what your fixed expenses are and making sure that you shop them. You know, your homeowner's insurance. There's typically movements that you can make or investments that you could make that would save you money in the long run. And do you at Bright Star, much like you have someone who will negotiate a car deal for you, do you have people who can help you look at different plans and suss out which is a best option for you? We absolutely have an insurance services page where you could look at your different insurance, but that's one of the things that will also be looked at when you're meeting with a financial counselor. Okay. So pretty much you're there for everything that anyone needs to get them on track to not only set their financial goals, but also to meet them and maybe even exceed them as you go through time and get your children set up also on the right track with their money so that they are well set as they enter adulthood. That is absolutely our goal. You know, we always say never put a member in a product that will not help them financially or help improve their financial lives. And and that's kind of the motto, you know, and that's the goal. Okay. 
Well, these are great tips. And what more information can we find on your website? We have all kinds of great information on there. It, it will have our, our community involvement. We also have different products and services. Like I said, we have some financial literacy tips, our scheduling for our presentations. It's very intuitive, all of the information that you can kind of access on that page. Okay. And that again is BSCU. Dot org, Bright Star Credit Union, a nonprofit credit union where the profits go back to you as a member open to all in the community. It's fantastic. Dustin Jacobs, Vice President of Marketing for Bright Star Credit Union. Thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful new year and uh, reach all of your goals, whatever they may be. Absolutely. You as well. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for helping our audience. Absolutely. And thank you for listening to Community Focus this morning. If you have questions about today's program or would like to suggest a topic, you can email me at ellen.jaffe, J-A-F-F-E, at cmg.com. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever it is you celebrate. Enjoy it. Please be safe and join us again next Sunday for an all-new edition of Community Focus. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.